Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hi, unspookable listeners. Producer Nate Dufort here with a special message for you and your grown-ups this Halloween season. Unspookable is intended for listeners eight years of age and up, but you know yourselves and how much spooky you can handle. If at any point things feel too scary for you, there's no shame in stopping the show. It will always be here for you should you decide to come back. The Unspookable team wishes you and yours a safe and joyous spooky season. And now, without further ado, on to the show. Soundington Media! It's the middle of the day, and you're home alone, not feeling well. Maybe you could have gone to school today, but you just weren't up for it. You feel bleh. It's spooky season, and everyone is so excited to decorate and go to parties, but the whole thing feels so silly to you. Silly and also kinda scary. Every year, as the fake spiderwebs go up on windows, you start to get that creepy feeling in the back of your neck. Pretty soon, everyone will be trying to have the coolest, or the grossest, or the funniest, or the goriest costume. The whole thing makes you shudder. Honestly, being home alone makes you shudder a little too. Good thing light is streaming in through the windows. You look out across the street, and that's when you see it. A patch of sunlight that kind of moves. There's no wind. Everything on the street is still, but your feet are glued to the floor as something approaches your window. A shimmering outline of a tall figure floating towards you. You stare, breathless, as it easily passes through the glass panes in front of you and then floats right through you. For a split second, your body feels clammy and cold and buzzes with electricity. And then, it's gone. I'm Elise Parisian, and today we will talk about anything and everything that might go boo in the night, or in the daytime, because ghosts are everywhere, on today's episode of Unspookable. You know that feeling? The one on the back of your neck, in the pit of your stomach, on the surface of your skin. That feeling we talk about a lot on Unspookable, where something is just in the air. Has it ever occurred to you that feeling might be the presence of a ghost? That might sound far-fetched to some. But ghosts and ghost stories are consistent across every culture and human society, dating back to before written history. The English word ghost is thought to have come from Proto-Indo-European words for fear and terror, 
also called spirits, specters, phantoms, wraiths, and apparitions, ghosts are most frequently described as translucent, transparent, or sometimes completely invisible. They are sometimes no more than a wispy presence in the air, or a change in the light. But sometimes they are described as recognizable human shapes, the outline of a person in full detail. Across many cultures, ghosts or spirits are often believed to be what remains of a person who has died. Instead of crossing over into an afterlife, something of the person's essence, what some might call a soul, stays on the earthly plane. Perhaps because of unfinished business, a role or a task they still need to fulfill. Ghostly presence is often reported in homes or other places that the spirit remains connected to after death, perhaps because they want to watch over the house and its occupants, or because they are seeking revenge for their own untimely death. Ghosts are often seen with sentimental or important objects, a child with a favorite toy, a person sitting in their favorite chair with a book, Sometimes, ghosts are even seen accompanied by a deceased pet, a shape that looks like a dog or a cat by their side. Studies vary in their reports, but in the last 20 years or so, multiple researchers polling people across the globe estimate that between 13 and 30% of people claim to have seen a ghost. With a 2009 study by the Pew Research Center, finding that 18% of people in the United States say they have experienced a ghost sighting. So what explains all of these sightings? Many anthropologists believe that seeing ghosts is connected to ancient practices of ancestor worship, or the faith that the dead that have come before us are still a part of our lives and may support, strengthen, or watch over us. There is documentation of belief in ghosts from many ancient civilizations, including Egyptian, Greek, West African, and Roman. In Latin, the word spiritus, from which we derive spirit, also meant breath, which presents an interesting connection to the image of a ghost as a misty or airy presence. One possibility for some cultures is that the idea of the spirit crystallized around a dying person's breath, literally leaving their body, which, especially in colder climates, sometimes produces a mist or a fog that is visible in the air. So maybe a lot of us think we have seen them. But is there any proof that ghosts actually exist? More on that when we return. A ghost is like a spirit of a dead person and like they can be mean or nice. And I think that like if they're mean or nice is based off like the life they lived or the way they died. I think a ghost is like um, someone that like passed away a little while ago, but like their soul came out of their body and then like it'll haunt people or it'll just roam the streets or houses. I don't think that ghosts are real because I've never, like, come in contact with one, but if I did, then I'd believe it. I do believe ghosts could exist, um, because 
we have a, we have a spirit in our body, and then once we die, the spirit comes out of your body. Then that's technically a ghost. We talk a lot on Unspookable about how you know something is real, and whether or not you can prove it. So many of our experiences with the supernatural, the spooky, or the just plain weird happen because we can't explain exactly what we experienced. So we look to stories, myths, legends, and explanations that exist slightly above what we can prove. Do you believe that you've seen a ghost? Or maybe felt one? If you've told someone, did they believe you? Many of the ghosts people have seen for centuries that are then passed down in stories become a sort of chicken and an egg situation. Have you heard that question? What came first, the chicken or the egg? In the case of some of the most famous ghost sightings, is it possible that the story existing means that more people think they have seen it? And do many sightings over many years prove that a ghost is more than a story? Take, for example, the Flying Dutchman, one of the most chilling and possibly well-known ghost stories out of Europe thought to originate in the heyday of the Dutch East India Company in the 17th century. It is said that the captain of the trading vessel would not turn back to port or make safe harbor in a storm, despite desperate pleas from the passengers and crew, afraid for their lives. The ship was taken by the storm with no survivors. But a ghostly image still sails doomed to remain a sea for all eternity. Like many types of ghosts, the Dutchman serves as a lesson, or potentially an omen for those who see it. Its presence might tell us something bad is about to happen, or it could also serve as a reminder to take care of each other and not disregard life as the Dutchman's captain did. Similar to the Dutchman, the White Lady is a type of ghost that also serves as an omen. Thought to be derived from legends about banshees, or ghosts that warn of the death of a person whom they are sighted near, apparitions of a female figure dressed in all white can mean that any type of tragedy is about to befall those near her. In Irish folklore, the banshee often screams, wails, or keens to signify the mourning that will take place once the person dies. In most older stories of banshees, they are seen next to a person's bed or in the home. But as time went on and human fears and anxieties around death evolved with the advent of more modern technologies, so too did the types of ghosts that we most commonly claim to have seen. Many people now report seeing white lady-type ghosts next to the road to foretell of a car crash or represent a person who died in a car accident. With so many people claiming to have seen certain ghosts, or types of ghosts, does that mean we have proof that they exist? Well, at the moment, we don't have a way to scientifically prove that ghosts walk among us. Ghost hunting and the study of paranormal activity related to ghosts are still considered pseudoscience or science that is not actually based in the accepted scientific method and is therefore discredited. 
One possible explanation, based on scientific fact, for what we're experiencing when we see or feel a ghost is low-frequency sound waves. Human ears can't really hear sounds below approximately 20 hertz, known as infrasound. But that doesn't mean we can't feel them. In a 2003 study, 22% of concertgoers who were exposed to sounds at 17 hertz reported feeling uneasy or sorrowful, getting chills, or nervous feelings of revulsion and fear. Could it be that our bodies are picking up on sensory data that is just beyond our comprehension, leading us to think we've experienced the supernatural? Scientists have also suggested that pre-modern ghost sightings especially could have been related to hallucinations induced by mold or other environmental toxins. And do you remember that story at the opening about the ghost sighting in broad daylight? Well, a possible explanation for that one could be the interaction of hot and cold air currents and wind. Have you ever experienced that shimmer in the distance when you look at the horizon and it's hot out? That has to do with the hot air being more dense than the cold air and creating a blurring effect when viewed from a distance. So it's possible that air current and temperature disturbances can create an effect that feels inexplicable and also lasts a very short amount of time, leading us to believe that we have seen a ghost. But just because there are scientific explanations doesn't mean that all ghost stories can be explained away. We'll get into that right after this. I think people are afraid of ghosts because they don't know, like, what they're capable of or, like, what happens after you die. Well, I'm not scared of ghosts, but some people should be probably because um, poltergeists can, like, pick up glass bottles and hit you in the head. I don't think people should be scared of ghosts because they're not real and I just don't have, like, enough proof to where I think it's, like, normal to be scared of them. On the Hudson River in New York, a quaint, unassuming town called Sleepy Hollow is home to one of the most legendary American ghost stories. Written by Washington Irving in 1820, the story tells of schoolteacher Ichabod Crane's fateful encounter with the Headless Horseman, a ghost who gallops through the woods on a phantom horse, carrying his own head. In this part of the United States, ghost stories and sightings are so prevalent that they even led to a court case known as the Ghostbusters ruling, in which a buyer from New York City was able to cancel his contract for purchasing a house in upstate Nyack, quite close to Sleepy Hollow, because the extent to which the house was haunted by poltergeists was not fully made known to him. Across the U.S. and the world, people claim that castles, manors, houses, and even hotels are haunted. That ghostly residents dwell there alongside the human occupants. Sometimes living in harmony, but sometimes it isn't that easy. Stephen King's horror novel, The Shining, depicts a fictional hotel called The Overlook, but it was based on real-life hotel the Stanley 
in Estes Park, Colorado, where a gas explosion in 1911 set off a series of mysterious events that haunt the property to this day. Some say the explosion was the result of an evil ghost who haunts the property and was joined by the owners of the hotel upon their deaths in 1939 and 1940. Between 1817 and 1821, members of the Bell family were tormented on their Tennessee farm by a ghost now known as the Bell Witch. It is said that the family's young daughter, Betsy, was especially hated by the ghost, who attacked her repeatedly in the night. So why are some ghosts malevolent and some not? Well, some people say that has to do with how the person died. In cases of untimely death, a ghost might be left behind wanting to get revenge on the people that harmed them, but end up harming others in the process. Some people also make a distinction between ghosts and demonic spirits, where ghosts are simply the spirits of people who have died, but a demonic spirit, like the Ifrit in Islamic culture, the Eggbear in Yoruban culture, or more sinister ghostly beings in many European traditions, like wraiths or ghouls, have scarier intentions. With so many different types of spirits lurking around every corner, it's easy to see why some people describe themselves as having phasmophobia, or a fear of ghosts. While much more prevalent before the industrialization of many of the world's societies, plenty of people still report having phasmophobia today. While things like electric lights, modern medicine, and advancing understandings of phenomenon, such as air temperature leading to hazy visions, may decrease some people's belief in ghosts, others are sure they're still out there. So, which camp do you fall into? Are you being followed around by a friendly neighborhood ghost? Haunted by a former tenant of your building? Have you come across a presence in a dark room that you can't quite explain? Or maybe you are sure that things like ghosts can't possibly exist because you haven't seen one. That is, you haven't seen one yet. Thanks for listening to Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. This episode was written by Eleanor Riley Condit, produced and edited by Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen. Special thanks this week to our guests Blythe and Kala. You might recognize Kala, along with her sister Ayla, from the podcast Scary Stories for Creepy Kids. Short and spooky stories for kids by kids. You can get their amazing show wherever you get podcasts and keep an eye out as they also have three books available now on Amazon by searching scary stories for creepy kids. If you enjoy the show, make sure to tell your friends. You can leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find Unspookable on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us for a peek behind the scenes and for updates on the show. Unspookable is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. 
For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. Hey, it's Elise and Nate from Unspookable. For the next two months, Unspookable is conducting a listener survey to help us get to know you, your interests, and what you think of the show. Please support the podcast by taking our short questionnaire at www.surveymonkey.com slash r slash unspookable. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback will help us improve the show and help us find new sponsors and partners who interest you and your family. Plus, as our way of saying thank you, you will be entered to win a $500 Amazon gift card. Again, that's www.surveymonkey.com slash r slash unspookable, or click on the link in our show notes. Thank you 